1: can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 23rd of January 2012. I always suggest at the beginning of each broadcast that the, the users make use of cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find over a thousand hours now of audios for free download where you'll begin to understand this big incredible system That overlays the planet, a system set up a long time ago to literally take over the world and bring it into a sub-disciplined new technocracy order run by bankers at the top, economists, specialists of all kinds, and to bypass this thing called democracy, this awful nuisance that they have. And uh, they've been doing very well for the last hundred years in getting their aims fulfilled. You're living through one of the biggest parts of it right now. So, as I say, if you make use of cutting before it gets pulled, because eventually, I do believe, with all these laws getting passed, a lot of us will simply disappear, maybe physically as well. But, uh, And I'm not kidding about that either. So, uh, make use of them because there 's a wealth of history in there, lots of books mentioned you 've got to get a hold of very old ones, some of them uh, that 'll give you a start at least in understanding this incredible system, this parallel system that overlays uh, the world 's governments and Number uh, two, you can keep me going by buying the books and discs at cutting and from the u s to Canada, you can still use a personal check. Some people say in cash, you can use an international postal money order, or you can use PayPal. You'll find out how to do it at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And across the world, you've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. And all the sites listed on the CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website are the official sites I have, the only ones I have, in fact. Anything outside of that that you see isn't actually mine. And uh, they all carry uh, the audios, they all carry transcripts in English for print up if you'd rather read uh, the talks and uh, if you want lounges another uh, uh, other from other countries go into EU and help yourself from the variety offered there because we've got to do all of this before uh, well, as I say, before they pull the plug eventually, get as much information out as possible, reach more people, so that at least we'll know, if, well, at least we'll know what's happening, more people will know what's happening, as opposed to, uh, this is not taking into consideration what you do about it, that's up to you, but at least more folk will know what's happening and the reasons that things are actually being done. We're, we are under a global system, have been for a long time. Even Mandelson in Britain said a while back in 2009, he says, we're post-democratic. The Club of Rome, one well, of the big think tanks, said the same thing in 1972 and 3, we're post-democratic. That's the only way to go, they said, to get think, the job done. So we're under authoritarianism now, and of course 9-11 was needed to bring that in. They call it the century of change so what you're experiencing are the changes and upheavals as they bring in this new order of theirs, where literally we're reduced to nothing more than functional tax units. And if you become a burden on society, it does not look good for you. And by that I mean the elderly too, uh, because they don't plan to give you any treatment at all except a little cheap uh, made euthanasia pill. It's been discussed in many countries. It comes down from the World Health Organization. Because, you see, the United Nations, which is a front for this world government, the the UN and the World Health Organization, has said that a good world citizen is both a producer and consumer. Once you become a consumer, well, they don't want to know you. You're eating up their precious resources, don't you know? Because they could use that money. And apart from that, you're using pension money. And they could use all that pension money for wars and plundering other countries, and um, their own pay raises of course at the top and uh, lots of plans for all that cash if you just die off before you collect it that's only fair isn't it back with more after this break Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the Matrix. And I call it the Matrix because, you see, you're born into one room in the Matrix and you think it's all there is. But you find that there's rooms below you and above you at the sides and even further up beyond that too. And that's how we're structured in society. Uh, Quigley put it very well too when he said, talked about the news all being controlled by the Council on Foreign Relations and how they put up magazines for the managerial class, the ones who will manage the, the rest of the public, and then he went down the classes to... Uh, and each one gets a different version according to their status. And what your masters want you to know or believe. It's more important if you, that you believe something. And it's, it's never been different, I think, before that or after that. It's always been the same. Because knowledge is power, obviously even if you can only use it for yourself, but uh, knowledge certainly has power, so you never give true knowledge to the general public. They're kept in the dark about everything. We're told truth generally after the Official Secrets Act uh, is up in about 50 years on any particular topic. By that time, another generation have grown up, they don't care about what happened before. Now, we know that the Rand Corporation is a, a incredible, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a CIA type front because they, they claim their non-profit organization, although they bill in, in the billions of dollars for, for advising governments and, and, and taking problems and going off to solve them. These are the same, this is the same organization that came up with the game theory and it has all turned into numbers back in the 60s, 70s and 80s and they ran it all up as a, a sort of society of numbers and what we'd all do during the Cold War era. They haven't stopped, by the way. So we're still in that today. Massive organization. But it works primarily with governments. Now, they put out what's called a blueprint for improving the promotion and delivery of adult vaccinations in the United States. And I'll put that up tonight at com. Everything I read, I give you the evidence to, to for yourself. You should save it, too, because that, that one day, hopefully, if there's any future at all, you can pass this on to children and teach them the whys and the wherefores of how we got to the awful mess that we're, we're, we'll we're be in then, even worse than we are today. So basically this article goes on about how how they're going to really consolidate all the propaganda mechanisms to doctors and hospitals and all clinics that could give out the vaccinations so they all say exactly the same things. And the idea, this works very well because we hear it so much too with propaganda and adverts on television or radio that we start to parrot the same lines. So when someone comes up to you and says, well, I, I'm not getting that in vaccination, you, you actually become a tool, a, a programmed tool of the marketers. And you will, oh, you've got to get it. And, then you, and they're going to the diatribe of why you must get it, exactly what the doctor would tell you, what they've heard on television and so on. You understand, people are very easily programmed. And most arguments you have in society are from those who are, who are easily programmed and have been well programmed and they have no real opinions of their own. They, they think it's their opinions, but it's not. So I'll put this article up of how they intend to get more uh, adults to get vaccinated and how they're closing ranks to make sure they all say the same exact things. Very important saying the same things and, and, um, sometimes they use simple slogans that's for, they catch on quickly. And they they also put out the reasons why you must, and, and what will happen if you don't get vaccinated, etc. And then, as I say, your friends who get who get programmed easily, well, they've all got, always got an answer. They've been programmed to give you the answers. You can use people, you see. Marketers Mark know how to use people in psychology to to try and bully the rest into going along with them. And society, unfortunately, is a sad thing about it. So the more standardized it is, and we're all standardized societies today, because individuals out the window, they don't like individualism at the United Nations. They said it was a primary enemy, in fact. So uh, most folk like us all to be the same as themselves, and spouting the same nonsense as they all spout, you see. So I'll put that one up tonight, have a look through it, and you see how they're uh, taking on that. There's also a PDF that goes with it, it's on the site as well. Now, again, in this world that we live in, everything is managed. All sides are managed. The leaders are all trained uh, to take over unions and and everything else. But sometimes the little spats come along, especially if the members down below them uh, get a bit uppity about something. This one here, this article here, is from The Hill, and it says, uh, Labour Union quits alliance with Greens over Keystone Pipeline. It says that the Labourers International Union of North America L-I-U-N-A left a blue-green alliance on Friday, citing a disagreement with the group's members over the Keystone XL pipeline. It says, uh, It says, um, it, uh, the, A vocal Keystone support took further aims at unions for opposing the project. We're appalled by some of our supposed brothers and sisters lining up with job killers. Because it's killing jobs, right? In America like the Sierra Club, again, private organisation, a big worlder, one worlder, and the Natural Resources Defence Council to destroy the lives of working men and women. LIUNA General President Terry O'Sullivan said in a statement, The Blue-Green Alliance, a coalition of environmental groups and labour unions, confirmed Leona's exit Friday afternoon, well, good for them. The Blue-Green Alliance regrets the decision of the Labourers International Union of North America to leave our strategic partnership of labour and environmental organisations. Uh, the group's executive uh, director, David Foster, said in a statement. The move underscores the intense political divide amongst unions over the pipeline, which would carry oil, sa- oil sands, crude, from Alberta, Canada, to refineries along the Gulf Coast. So there's a little, a little spiff there, and uh, because you're going to lose jobs out of it too. So, But it comes to money, you know, and your livelihoods, what you're going to do. Another article here, too, is interesting. See, environmentalism, these are reading these environmental things, too. As you'd understand, that 2012 is a very important year, uh, because, uh, 1992 was the first Earth Summit, but with Maurice Strong being the chairman. Maurice Strong's a, a little frontman for Rockefeller Foundation. And, a very important guy, too. Uh, he's actually part, I think, Chinese. And his, his granny, I think it was, or auntie, He was one of the best friends and advisor to Mao Zedong of China. They're they're intergenerational revolutionaries. That's their their purpose. Anyway, environmentalism and the leisure class, it says. This week, President Obama handed down what proved to be one of the most fateful decisions of his entire administration when he rejected the plan to build the Keystone XL pipeline carrying oil from the Tar Sands of Canada to the refineries of Houston. Decision did not win him, one new vote, but was crucial in protecting his environmental flank. The movie stars and Sierra Club contributors were getting restless and had uh, the, the, drawn the line in the sand. In 2012, as I say, is when Maurice Strong has part two of uh, of this uh, this environmental world summit. And uh, believe you me, it's going to change. Out of that came Agenda 21, a whole bunch of agendas, and even the agenda for the, the the rights of all animals versus humans and so on. That's to get pushed up a few notches. So very important year. Anyway. And turning down the keystone, however, the president has uncovered an ugly little secret that's always been lurked between, between, beneath the surface of environmentalism. Its basic appeal is to the affluent. Despite all the professionals of being or professions of being liberal and against big business, environmentalists main appeal is that it promises to slow the progress of industrial progress. Uh, People who are already comfortable with the present state of affairs, who are established in the environment, so to speak, are happy to go along with this It's not that they have any greater insight into the mysteries and workings of nature, they're happier with the way things are In fact, environmentalism works to their advantage The main danger to the affluent is not that they will be denied from improving their their state But that too many other people will achieve what they already have As the Forest Service used to say, the person who built his his mountain cabin last year is an environmentalist, the person who wants to build one this year as a developer. As we all said, environmentalism has spent three decades trying to hide this simple truth. How can environmentalists be motivated by self-interest when they are anti-business? Doesn't that align them with the working classes? Well, not quite. You can be anti-business as a union member trying to claim higher wages, but you can also be anti-business as a member of the aristocracy who believes trade and commercialism are crass and not attuned to the higher things in life. It's like Hollywood. They're, they're all members of these organisations, you know. you know. You know how hardworking they are with the calluses on their hands. Environmentalism is born from the latter, not the former. has spent decades trying to pretend that it has common cause with the working people. With the defeat of the Keystone Pipeline, this is no longer possible. Too many blue-collar and middle-class jobs have been sacrificed on the altar of carbon emissions and global warming. So, this this goes on to talk about his article in Harper's Magazine and other other articles he's written too, uh, and gives you a bit of the history of going back to 1977 and how they really used the, the, the big organization like Sierra Club uh, really pushed and pushed and pushed for conservation, but it's also part of depopulation. We are, to be de- we are de- getting depopulated with cancers, and various other illnesses are just going out of sight, and uh, we're dying off, as we're supposed to, you see, because by 2050 or so, they want a, nice, a fairly pristine planet with all the rural people you know, moved out, and everything flattens back to its primeval condition. That's what they want. That's why they're rewilding all the lands in the rural areas across the world, by the way. They put beaver back into Scotland, I think died out you know, about a thousand years ago, maybe. But uh, they're doing these silly things. It's not silly because, uh, you see, one day the big elites will get dropped off in their choppers and they'll go out hunting, you see, and there'll be lots of animals to, to shoot and kill. They're very good at that and they love that kind of stuff. And there won't be other peasants around to, who are trying to feed themselves doing the same kind of thing. So it's just, and that's just for their fun, for the leech, you see. So uh, this is this the world that they, they want to bring in. They're actually, they're actually doing it. There's arrogance for you. Putting pumas into it's Florida while folk are living there. What does that tell you? Mountain lions. Hmm. And also, too, before I, I touch on this Monsanto article, uh, the people who harvest organs, I talked to some of them. And the big shots, you know. And um, once we fly off the part, the private jets to pick them up. And they're not taking the hearts of folk under 25 now. Because they're ruined with multiple infarcts. All the blood vessels are clean. They didn't know what was causing it. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, back cutting through the matrix. And I mentioned just before the break there, I should have said actually that the the so-called organ harvesters are not taking the hearts of of children or youngsters uh, over 25 years of age, which is amazing. They used to do it all the time. But they said there's so many infarcts inside the the heart itself, and yet the vessels to and from the heart are clean as a whistle. So, uh, And of course, they all know, not to talk about it at the top, amongst themselves even, and that's how you run things. Everything that's licensed, if you get a license or something, you take orders from the top and you just give them a little word of warning or caution and you know not to talk about it. So they obviously know what's causing it, but they won't tell the general public. Another thing, too, is they're overloaded with donors. There's not enough harvesters to go around to, to, to get all the, the, the organs that they want. Overloaded. Young people, again, uh, with 27 and and, and younger, uh, just committing suicide all over the place, uh, male and female. It used to be merely male, but now it's male and female, using the same techniques to kill themselves. And um, another thing is, too, there's so many of them dying of sudden strokes. Incredible. Number of sudden strokes, unheard of. Uh, and, um, again, there's no big crisis over that, which means the ones at the top know what's causing it. If there's no crisis, you understand. Believe you me, they'd be, they'd be right on it right away. Same with the, the the males becoming infertile. Oh, it's no crisis. No. no. Then tell you every year it's just, oh, it's worse now. You know they're almost ninety percent infertile now. And that's how things really are. We're supposed to be infertile by now, you see. They've done their best to make sure. Now, Monsanto's best-selling herbicide, Roundup, is linked to infer- infertility. Well, this is another s- uh, study done uh, over many studies, but so we'll keep proving the same things. It says, um, it's, it's a recent study has found that Monsanto's Roundup pesticide may be responsible for causing infertility. After reviewing the many already well-documented negative impacts from Roundup, and it has, which it has on the environment and living creatures, it's no surprise to add yet another item to the list. Researchers tested Roundup on mature male rats as at a concentration range between 1 and 10,000 parts per million and found that within 1 to 48 hours of exposure, 1 to 48 hours of exposure, testicular cells of the male of mature rats were either damaged or killed. According to the study, even at concentrations of 1 part per million, the Roundup was able to affect the test subjects by decreasing testosterone concentrations by as much as 35%. How can such small levels of exposure have such a profound effect on the reproductive system? This is Roundup being a a glyphosate-based herbicide. It's also known to have endocrine-disrupting properties. A lot of this stuff does, even the makeup women wear does, and the stuff they put in, uh, you drink out these plastic bottles, and that's all estrogen mimicers and so on. Monsanto's best-selling herbicide is linked to definitely to infertility. Much like BPA, glyphosate-based herbicides have the ability to interfere with the natural hormone balance in the human body, thereby introducing a number of health risks along with even the smallest levels of exposure. These chemicals are strong enough to affect your metabolism, behavior, mood, reproductive organs, and even provoke cancer. As a result, any plant, uh, plants that are sprayed with Roundup carry with them a chemical effect similar to that of other endocrine disruptors, offsetting the hormonal balance and causing adverse effects, despite even the smallest levels of exposure. This, uh, this in part, contributes to the number of males with increased fertility issues in more recent times. It's a polite way to say that you're, you're sterile. It's no surprise that Monsanto, a company already infamous for a whole slew of dangerous concoctions, would also be responsible for affecting another major aspect of human health on a large scale. Ultimately, it's highly important to avoid any product sprayed with pesticides or herbicides for the many associated health risks, now fertility included. In addition to avoiding food which has been tarnished by this pesticide, you may also want to consider uh, investing in a water filter. The carcinogenic chemical roundup contains... Uh, known as glyphosate has been found to be contaminating the groundwater in areas where it's been applied. It's actually a mess in India and other countries now. Absolute mess that's so now that Rothschild's taken over and forced them all to use the GM seeds and crops that then they must use this, this particular type of glyphosate as a chemical to treat them. But um, this is all intentional. I mean, our, uh, Charles Galton Darwin talked about using chemical and, and hormone disruptors back in the 1950s. And he was a big player and a big pusher at world organizations for depopulation of the, the lower classes. So it's already happened. And, and of course it's only the lower classes that can eat, they have to eat this, this stuff called food at the bottom level because you can't afford all this organic stuff. You can't afford it. So they're, they're doing, this on plan. it's on planets doing exactly what they said they'd do a long time ago. Quite simple. Understand that stuff is soaked up by the plants. You can't get rid of it. So washing doesn't get it all off. It's inside the cell structure of the plants too. They know darn well what they're doing at the top. And Monsanto is, is, is a must-be program for the whole world. They're, they're determined to push it across the whole darn planet. And the U.S. has already said, on the Department of Trade, they're treating it as a form of warfare for countries that refuse to allow it into their countries. They're going to stop giving you loans or giving you a tough time and all this kind of stuff. Very important that we all become sterile, you see, uh, and then swap your, your pants for a dress or something. Now, another article, too, has to do with uh, <laughs> science fiction. Again, New Police Pre-Crime Technique. It's a light-based intervention system. It sounds wonderful, light-based intervention. I'll put this link up for you to watch, and the police are now put it in action in different places in the States where you get lit up with a, a red lights. They can, they can travel as far as a block away and uh, they can they can follow you, track you trace you, and all the right if if they suspect you 're maybe going to do a crime as pre crime you see so it 's a different meaning to the red light district back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Ellen Watts. We're cutting through the matrix. Now people have no idea how uh, all the techniques that are used to condition you every day, daily, through radio, television, whatever, uh, magazines, and how they're all on board. They call it on board together. That's the technique when they're all saying the same things with any particular topic. Uh, then, then you say, well, they must, they can't all be wrong, you see. So you, you pick up what they, they're saying and you, and you parrot it too. And you contaminate other people that way, as I mentioned earlier. Had uh, this beautiful technique, and, and you know, basically psychology or, or herd psychology, as some of them actually call it. <laughs> it works very well. But uh, you, when you went to the education system, it's so important that you get the proper propaganda initially. Jack Lowell talked about you. You must be programmed in a technique at school, which you're unaware of, and and uh, for subsequent propaganda to take off when you when you leave school. Otherwise, it doesn't take off so well. So really, the less educated you are, uh, the more ability you're going to have to see through all the BS you have in this world. Now, it says, U.S. education advocates tackle climate change skeptics. So they're turning their their guns on on the schools to make sure that the occasional bright spark at school there gets his spark quenched. And it says here that a new front has opened up in the battle over U.S. school science curricula. After decades of fighting to keep creationism out of the classroom, U.S. science education advocates are stealing themselves to face a new foe, climate change skeptics. Over the past few years, several U.S. states and local school boards have been introduced measures that would mean teachers must include the views of those who are skeptical of a human influence on climate change in science lessons. Three years ago, for example, Texas revised its science teaching standards to require that students analyze and evaluate different views on the existence of global warming. The next time Texas purchased science textbooks, the standard could be used to reject books that do not include a degree of climate change skepticism, says Stephen Newton, Programs and Policy Director for National Center for Science Education. Again, a non-profit organization based in Oakland, California. Similar measures have been passed in Louisiana and South Dakota. In 2000 the U.S. National Earth Science Teachers Association the National Earth Science Teachers Association informally surveyed 555 U.S. teachers who discussed climate change issues in the classroom. Over one-third of them reported facing influence to teach both sides to a climatic change debate. So far there are no reports that teachers have actually been forced to teach climate change skepticism in their classrooms so none of them doing it. To make sure that doesn't change to make sure that they don't teach the other side of the story It says the NCSE announced this week that it was adding climate change to its portfolio. Until now, the organization has focused on supporting the teaching of evolution in school. You see, you're under communism, folks. All these things that I've mentioned here and the techniques they want to use in the school are all the communistic tools. See, all, all this is based on evolution. Everything has to be based on evolution, you see. Just climate change education is coming off where evolution education was 30 years ago, said says Newton. And uh, so that's where they are with that. Now, one more thing before I go to the callers, and it's to do with (laughs) what obviously had to happen. As the big boys at the top. No. It's, It's beautiful when you look back through the 60s and the 70s and the massive push for promiscuity, which they called in the late 1800s, like H.G. Wells was writing books on the coming free love, the great push free love to destroy the family unit, you see. And each time they cause problems, um, it's great for pharma and so on to step in and try and fix the problems that they cause. Same thing happened in the 60s with with unwanted uh, pregnancies, and eventually the state ends up paying for abortions. Then, of course, the pill comes out, and then they'll get universal pill, and we pay for all the, the pill, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it didn't stop venereal disease, you see. And they knew it was going to skyrocket back then. But, but the agenda had to go forward at all costs. You know, promiscuity was a big thing. Calls to immunize teenage boys after a huge rise in throat cancer. Well, a few years ago, I read articles that were in mainstream again, which were kind of cute. The articles, oh, isn't it cute? You know, that's how they put these. That young children, young twelve-year-old females and so on at school were wearing little coloured bracelets. And they got it all from music, television, and and the magazines they were they were, they were reading. The each little bracelet, you see, uh, symbolised uh, oral sex that she'd had. So the more she could collect there on her arm, the the, the higher up in the status she'd have with amongst other women, you know, their, their young girls. You see. So, obviously, the next thing that came broke out had to break out. Had to, it's all cause and effect. These guys don't start to say, oh, if we give them promiscuity in the 60s, well, if we give them promiscuity, the ball is VD, what would we do? Well, we'll tone it down and keep it under the carpet, you know. There's a whole bunch of diseases you can't treat now with antibiotics, like syphilis. Anyway, so now the boys have got uh, throat cancer, and it says vaccination again. Of course, they're using it to, to vaccinate the boys that the propaganda spiel against the virus urged falling increasing cases linked to sexually transmitted infections. So the boys now are getting it from the girls with, because you see they watch all the porno that they make sure that they get to the big boys at the top get because we're so liberal now, you know, it's just so liberal and, uh, uh, you can't have any hangouts of or anything and, and, um, and so they're getting, uh, papilloma virus off the throat. And coming down with with cancers basically, and uh, but the they'll, they'll push so they're using this now to push this useless stuff, uh, which they say this, this this vaccine which they say will stop it. it. Actually, I remember reading the article from the person who discovered it and who said in the article it won't stop anything. It doesn't matter; it's, it's a winner financially. But she actually said it would won't stop anything. It's supposed to. It's like the flu shot. It's supposed to stop about three types of the many varieties of human papilloma viruses. hasn't been proven that it actually affects any single one of them in stopping it. And as I say, that's the person who came up with it, who worked for the pharma company at the time. She did a big spiel about it afterwards and said it won't work. But it's a winner. It's a winner. Big bucks. Just like the flu shot. So young boys are getting throat cancers and the girls are getting lots of bangles to wear on their arms. So there you go. And, and that's just how they work things in this, this world of ours. Everything is cause and effect. They know what they're doing. And lastly, a healthy seven year old girl dies in mother's arms after a flu shot. And then they go into the usual, again, verbatim speech of why it happened. And oh, it's highly unlikely that the death was related to the vaccine, says Dr. Kaylin. Uh, oh, sorry, it's said doctor, Harry Chen. Oh, it's highlighting that Kayleen's death was related to the vaccine. He's worried that scaremongering will deter patients from vaccinating their children. So anybody, because they're dying off getting the vaccine, that's scaremongering. And after all, you see, her genes were slightly different for someone else's. That's what they generally tell you. And, um, it's for the greater good. There's always casualties for the greater good, you know. So tough cheese. If it happens to be your daughter Basically that's what they're saying here How disgusting eh How disgusting That's the world you live in now Big big agendas you understand Nothing, Nothing's going to stop their agendas oh, One last article too From the Sovereign Independent Now it's well known uh Who works at the BBC Amongst people who've dealt with the BBC I can't say too much about it uh, But uh, it's, it's very much like Disney Put it that way and Disney cartoons, you'll see all the phallic symbols you put in there, and they have the little teehees, these little kind of girlish boys uh, that make up the cartoons. But you'll, you'll see things uh, from the BBC because the same type work there, and you, you, you can't mistake what they're actually showing you here uh, during children's times, etc. And you'll find out why they give the children and the cartoons specific little names, so for sort of street language, and explains what they all mean. I'll put that up for you too. And not that it'll do anything for you, you'll probably say, oh, yawn, you know. And, and, but that's how things have been for a long time, as your mind is subtly changed and altered. And, and the children know more street language from schooling than you do, you see. Quite something. Most folk don't even know how they're programmed. They, they really don't, isn't that a, a, a sad thing? Now, some callers is hanging on the line here. There's, there's Darren from Ireland, so I'll take Darren first, if he's still there.
0: Hello, Alan. How are you today?
1: Uh, not bad. I've got a sudden a sudden January thaw. We get out every January where you get lots of snow, and then it thaws for about a week, and, and then goes back to freezing again. So I'm under all this deluge of water.
0: Yeah. same here. Ireland always covered with water. You know. But uh, I, 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 so I was just... Um, I was uh, in my parents' house during the week, and I was talking to my younger sisters, and it just kind of hit me, and I noticed a lot of kids these days that that stereotypical kind of Irish family, or even that stereotypical uh, Irish person, that it's been portrayed over the years, is, is like is kind of dying away with regard to television and the Americanized culture that's even even spreading over here, and you know, and. Uh, it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy that television yep. has literally killed an entire
1: culture. Uh, it was intended to. A new was, culture. Back in the 60s, the, the Council on Foreign Relations had their big meeting in London, and in mainstream papers, they, they actually were deciding, with, uh, with, with the companies that were in Britain at the time, the TV and movie companies, they were deciding who was to, to take over the role of creating the new world culture. And they said, that eventually they decided in Hollywood for music and culture to push across the whole world and tonight I'll put up an article from the military magazine which uh, goes through that uh, they talk about the this weaponization of culture weaponized and it said that they were bring, bring the american degradation across the whole world through television and movies, This is because this is what destroys the people. This destroys our enemies. This 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 unites the world under one system. And and, and but they, they say they'd rather have Madonna doing her, her things with her hands down her crotch uh, than giving you some good stuff to to to, to watch and learn by. So th- it's it's from the military itself, from the intelligence unit of the mili- U.S. military. Uh, so it's nothing nothing that you see out there is by accident. Nothing.
0: And uh, you're right. Nothing, not, in, not a, a thing is is by accident. Everything is a weapon, but it's 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 like four or five times like a weapon that has like a multi-purpose mm-hmm. function, like regard to the internet or TV or radio, and everything. And I noticed with a lot of soaps, even over here, we get a lot of the Australian soaps, and you know, even I've contrasted them with the English soaps, and you know, every someone has cancer in it, and you're, they're being dragged to their story and. They're getting younger by the day and everyone, and I've, like, you know, uh, they're bringing in homosexuality and promiscuity all over the TV and I've I've not wrong with homosexuality, but the thing is, if it's been promoted to kids, it's given them an alternative view that they would never have if it was never in their face. So they're going to, they're going to go up now and think it was completely normal and they're they're putting it more and more in your face and uh, it's just,
1: oh they're also really rushing it through the school I mean the children now have have their little counsellors they go to and uh, if the counsellor says you're a bit down uh, Jimmy what's the matter oh I don't know I feel kind of strange and so on oh maybe you should try this if you haven't tried it before maybe you're inhibited I mean they get told they're inhibited if they're not experimenting in some way out fashion according to all the the, the sexual education they're getting
0: yeah and uh and that's, that's very true because the the culture that was over here, uh, pre maybe 1980s and pre 1990s was a very kind of strict kind of real Catholic culture and they destroyed that now with television and all the reports that did come out about a lot of abuse in the Catholic Church but they only brought out at this specific time yep. to, to discredit that and make people Get away from that now and every, any young ch- kid I know, anyone who's my age, they don't really go to church, to don't, and it's not even that, but they don't have any of the family values that their own parents had or even their grandparents had. Yes. And my grand, my grandfather himself, God bless his soul, but it, it was one of them, it's from that last generation, the the hard-working, that kind of, the only kind of thing that I got to see that was probably truly, even in a sense Irish, even if not that, just kind of morally upstanding and morally kind of right, and, and that's gone, and I know that's probably gone until, I, I know if I grow up, I'll, I'll feel like probably the last man with a or even at that, because I know... It's, That's right. it's all gone from here. I, I know if I walk into to a lot of people, even across overseas, they, they might get a view of Ireland of a, an old man sitting in a pub with a with a cap on, with a funny accent. But if they were to travel over to here, and they won't be still find none of that. It'll be just they'll be surprised because they'll see the same culture that they have have there over here. Yeah, and uh, it's, kind That's
1: of, you see. it's kind of sad. a standardized world culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what's interesting too is, is that. Um, people don't realize that uh, one of the main wars, this global culture, the ones who created it, uh, uh, was was against all churches, but definitely the Catholic Church. And uh, during the American, uh, uh, there's a house on on American activities uh, way back in in the 40s, 50s, I think it was 50s and 60s, one of the main women in America, I've got the book here that she wrote herself, and and she said that part of her job was to funnel as many homosexuals into the Catholic Church as possible. And she put, she was asked how many she'd put through over the years. She says, well, thousands. And those, that was a generation that came in to be the abusive generation. And they're still in charge today, by the way. It's a good book called Goodbye Good Men. And actually, if you, if you're straight and you apply to the Catholic Church, these guys will interview and, and they're all of an altered persuasion. And if they, if, they, if they think you're, 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 you're straight, and so on, you will not get in. They're, the only, they're only admitting the guys who, you know, like, they actually call them the Violet Priests, I think. But uh, uh, that's what's been happening for years. This was a big, big war to get this to happen, and it's been awfully successful. But Goodbye Good Men goes through the history of this. It's all documented, too. Yeah.
0: I know, and uh, it, all the reports that have come out over here in the past maybe year or two, as delved into that and how it just kind of all happened around the exact same time. This this kind of one generation maybe at between the 1960s onwards. But yeah. it's funny, when England left Ireland, the Catholic Church came straight in. And, uh, it's, I guess it's the same when the Roman Empire fell. It didn't really fall at all. The, the church was there. Yeah. The, the left hand, you know, was there to catch the right hand. And, um, just a lot on the last thing, um, where, where do you think maybe, I, I, I guess we do know where it's going, but to regard everything, it kind of really does feel like the box is tightening in closer and closer and closer. So where do you see, Alan, maybe in the next 10 years' time where everything will be? And uh,
1: I'll leave it mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay, yes. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it's not good because uh, when you read the See, the agenda's been written uh, by so many of the authors involved in setting up the think tanks for the planning of all of these phases and they really mean it when they say they want to reduce the population by a vast amount by the year 2050, which isn't that far away. And, um, and then they said, too, they would use food as a weapon from the, world, from the World Agricultural Society of the United Nations. Food's been used as a weapon. They'll do it again, mostly rationing. The stuff we're eating today is killing us, and it's not food. It's really the chemical dumping industry, as far as I'm concerned, the processed food industry. It's a chemical dumping industry for, for all the big chemical plants. Uh, but uh, uh, folk are dying at incredible rates with cancers. I, I the, the, what I do here is often almost like a social work department at times, where I take phone people all over the place that I know who, who are dying with cancers, young people too, and, uh, and and it's really escalating, and they know this in the profession too. But thanks for calling back with more after this play. Hi, folks. I'm back cutting through the matrix. And, and also that, that, that link I'll put up too, to do with that last caller is The Mind Has No Firewall, it was called from uh, the US military and obviously written by an intelligence officer, saying that they would debase society across the planet by putting American culture there first. Destroys man and woman, destroys the, the genders, destroys everything. Then it's easily controlled and conquered by another people or a nation, and definitely by the banks. Now we'll go to Jay from Ohio if he's there. Is Jay still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yep, go ahead, dude. Oh, okay, thanks
2: for taking my call again. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple things. Um, I'm thinking about this whole thing, conspiracy thing, and how people are so quick to throw out the word conspiracy theory. So I was just curious. I mean, do you know mm-hmm. when about all that started and where, it, you know, it's ideology? Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, as thinking about just journalism in general and how it's like you know, I always wonder well, how do those guys seem so interested in every subject, you know? And I, I and to me it's just so boring, but I think it's boring because most of it's just garbage. Yeah. And um as I as, you know, as I do my own research on things, that stuff, you know, when I'm finding out the real thing, is very, very interesting. Yeah. So I think it's boring because it's garbage.
1: <laughs> It's quite easy. It's quite easy. I mean, H.G. Wells worked for the Fabian Society as a founding member. And even the day I noticed it mentioned in, in his Council on Foreign Relations, again, the Fabian uh, uh, crew that they use all the time. But H.G. Uh, Wells wrote a book called, or a chapter called, The Open Conspiracy, back in his day, early 1900s. Where he, says, he says, we actually publish everything we were going to do. And they do, they publish everything they want to do, only it's in, it's in boring, dry stuff where there's no sex or violence or, or anything like that. So the, the general population never read them. Then you have counterintelligence. Counterintelligence takes what the truth that is being discussed amongst people who are using the fact sheets, the papers or the CFR, whoever, you know, and they're passing them around. So counterintelligence comes in and they do the same and then they start adding aliens to it and stuff like this or walking reptilians that should be made into crocodile handbags or shoes or something. But they confuse the general public with mysticism and nonsense until the genuine ones are sticking to the facts and saying, here's the facts, get, get, get roped in with those who are uh, prattling about uh, guys that came from Sirius, you know, as reptiles and all that rubbish. So this, this is counterintelligence. They don't sit still and let you go ahead just giving out the truth. They put out well-financed guys who front for them and and start mixing truth with fiction, which is very intriguing fiction, if it's science fiction. But of course, the people don't know it's, it's sci-fi, and they get really roped in, and then they sound like crazy people when they're trying to discuss. What, oh, yeah, these reptilians came in and took over, you know, and uh, uh, you know, and so the truth movement gets gets ridiculed because of these characters who are well well trained and financed
2: yeah right right that, that makes a lot of sense um and, and also it's kind of related like um you know certain words like uh, uh patriotism, not patriotism but war and terror um there's patriotism i guess word too there's like this um they're powerful words but in themselves they don't mean much
1: they don't, they don't mean much unless you have a common culture and that's the bottom line uh, and everyone who was you know, even the founding fathers knew you start off a nation they'd have to give them a common culture so they all felt they belonged and they were part of it, that culture when you destroy that culture and put it into rapid change uh, you're now in charge of everybody you can't allow people to hijack your culture and take it from you but thanks for calling maybe Barrett from Idaho, you can call in tomorrow night from Hamish Masella from Ontario, Canada i have got the January thaw before the next snowfall as to night me a god your god go with you remember help me out too by donating and so on